Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Metcast, the official podcast of Manchester Metropolitan University. Tennis is one of the most popular sports in the world, both for participation and spectators alike. The origins of the game date all the way back to the 20th century, when the hangers used to hit the ball and the sport was known as Game of the Palm. Through the years, the game has evolved, not least by the introduction of the tennis racket, which has gone through its very own transformation that experts say is changing the game, from altering the pace to impacting players' movements. With Wimbledon 2022 now in full swing, we spoke to Dr Tom Allen, Senior Lecturer in Sports Engineering at the Manchester Metropolitan University Institute of Sport, to find out more about the history of the racket, its mechanics and the impact it's having on the game and player performance. Yeah, so tennis, as in lawn tennis, or the game that we, we from think of as tennis evolved from developed from other games such as, such as real tennis and that was where you, you played in, in in courtyards in specific courts which which had walls and the ball bounced much lower in in that sport so the head of the racket was was lopsided it was very small the racket was made of wood and a lopsided head allowed you to get down and almost scoop the ball off the ground when it wasn't bouncing very high so when we first started playing lawn tennis kept the, the the lopsided hand and the wooden racket that stayed for maybe 10 20 30 years and then that gradually straightened out and then we had this you know, more uniform shaped wooden racket but the head was still you know, relatively relatively small with a long long wooden handle there wasn't necessarily grip tape to start with you might have a, a polished handle that could have been quite ornate on these really early rackets and then over time Things like leather leather grips would have been would have been added. Different materials were tried, so maybe in the 1920s, you know, 1940s and 50s, wooden rackets were maybe replaced by or, or attempts to replace them with, with, with metal rackets, rackets that are made of wood and metal. But most of these were steel, and they didn't really you know work particularly particularly well, so that they didn't they didn't continue. But wooden rackets continued on through around to the 1960s. At this time, the people that were making the racket started adding additional wrappings around certain areas of the racket to add to add strength. So they might put twine or you know tape, or even start to put fibres and composite materials around those sections of the racket to strengthen them to try and basically make them stronger using laminated woods. And then eventually that evolved into a real revolution in terms of what materials were used around the 1970s. They were using composite materials, so that's you know fibres and resin, such as fibreglass, metals, experimenting with all these different rackets. And the main thing was that the rackets became much larger in terms of the head. So I started with, with metal rackets, much larger head. You had a metal tube and you'd bend that round in the, in the shape of the racket. And then as the heads got larger, there was a switch to composite materials. Rackets became stiffer and lighter. And modern rackets... They're lighter than the old rackets, they're stiffer than the old rackets, and they have much larger heads and much larger hitting surfaces. In terms of how that's affected the game, anyone who's familiar with tennis will, will see that the, the modern game is is much faster, it's, it's much more dynamic. In, in the early days, the players would have stood you know, much, much closer to the net. They would have been you know, hitting the ball you know, relatively close to each other. And then as the the rackets and the, and the technology, but also just the, the skill of the players and increased, 
they would have gradually started moving back towards towards the baseline. Now the players don't tend to stand on the court, they stand behind the court, they hit the ball with lots of top spin, very fast from, from the back of the from the back of the court. And that is all attributed to developments in the racket. Obviously developments in the players and the coaching and everything else around the game, but the contribution from the from the player from the racket as well is is also key. And we did publish a paper which showed that we had predicted that around 20% increase in, in ball speed in the serve has come from developments in the racket, mainly from the racket becoming lighter and easier to swing fast from the origins of the game through to through to modern day. That's really interesting. Um, did any of your research kind of indicate how tennis rackets might develop again in the future? The idea of our work is not just to look backwards, but also to look forward, exactly, exactly as you said, and to try to think about what might come next and that has implications for you know the spectators who, who are watching the game has implications for the people who are, who are regulating the game such as the international tennis federation and also for the people who are, who are making making the rackets as well so we can see that the the shape of the rackets the mass of the rackets the stiffness of the rackets has trained has changed drastically over the last almost 150 years since tennis since tennis first started but relatively recently things have started to you know to, to settle there's a very broad variation in rackets which are available nowadays. So it's very easy or, or it's possible to make, you know, a whole host of different rackets to give a broad selection for, for different players to choose. So rather than saying, right, this is the specific racket that, you know, is the tennis racket, we're saying actually there's a, there's a broad selection and people can pick what they want. In terms of what's next, we're thinking about customizing the racket for for the individual but in terms of mass mass production i think if you look at some of the things which are really sort of interesting and prevalent in society at the moment such as sustainability i think that is going to be that is going to be key so for for example looking at more environmentally friendly materials for, for making the rackets that could be natural fibers and natural resins that could be that could be a shift a shift in how the rackets are made to make maybe more automated processes rather than made um, by hand in in factories i mean we've done some work ourselves work, working with head and we were looking at auxetic materials which are a class of material which have a negative concentration i mean i mean when you pull them they expand and that is the, the latest line of rackets that the head have released as well so there's going to be developments in materials for performance like we've talked about there and there's also going to be developments in materials and production processes to make things more sustainable as well as the the racket itself and the strings newer products there there is the, the ball which is used used by both players and whilst it's a nice idea to think about making more sustainable tennis rackets people tend to buy a tennis racket and if you're a very high level player you, you may not use that for very long but most people like myself for example would buy a racket and then they'd keep that for for many years so sustainability isn't necessarily a huge issue when it comes to the racket. It's more the throwaway products where sustainability is an, is an issue. And one of those is, is the tennis ball. So, so tennis balls are, are pressurized. So when you buy tennis balls, they tend to come in a plastic tube with maybe three to five or six balls in, in one tube. And that tube is pressurized and you open the can and then you take the balls out. And when you take them out of that can, they slowly start to, to I don't want to say deflate, but the pressure slowly starts to de decrease that occurs most in the first 24 hours so you get a very like quite quick decrease in pressure and then it then it levels off 
and the button the balls will, will, will bounce and over time and, and with use the pressure will will decrease and they won't bounce as high as a, as a brand new ball anyone that's played tennis will be will be familiar with that then we have the felt on top of the ball as well so every time the ball bounces off the floor a little bit of felt will come off the ball every time you hit it with the strings some more felt will come off and it, that affects the flight through the ball and also how it bounces off the court so basically what i'm saying is that over time the balls degrade and then people chuck them away and they, they get new balls which is okay but it's but it's not ideal because then you know it's you're chucking these products away which have taken resources to make in high level tennis and at the, you know, at the professional level there are set rules about how long the ball can be used for in play before before it is then changed. There's a set number of games, and then you change the change the ball. That can have implications, but you know how many balls are used in each tournament, and perhaps those rules could be reviewed to say that we could have the balls for for longer, and then that could have implications for how long everybody else is is using their balls as well, because they may look to the professionals and and influence how how they use their products. And another alternative as well is to design more sustainable tennis balls that don't need to be replaced as often. So Tom, you've carried out much of your research around the history and the mechanics of the tennis racket by visiting museums and looking at collections. Um, But I believe that you're now hoping to expand your research and you want to get the help of other tennis enthusiasts to do this. So we want to infuse people about science and technology and, and sports engineering. And one way that we're doing that is to expand our project into a a citizen science approach. So citizen science is where the public get involved and help us collect data for our our research. So what we've done is we've created a a website, historicrackets.com, and people who who have old rackets, that can be tennis rackets or badminton rackets or from other sports as well, can go onto that website and then they can upload information on, on their rackets. It's relatively straightforward. There's some very simple measurements, such as the length and the width, the, the weight of the racket, upload a photo. I mean, it's all explained very clearly on the on the website. And the idea is that we're hoping that by people from all around the world going on and uploading their rackets, we'll get a much broader and richer and wider variety of rackets. And this also helps us to engage the public with, with what we're doing. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Metcast, the official podcast from Manchester Metropolitan University. Your feedback is always welcome, as are much-needed reviews and ratings on iTunes. So if you have a moment, please head there and let us know what you think. You can also subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform. Until next time, goodbye.